Howdy friends, this is Matt Sewell, and you're listening to episode 47 of the PopeCast, the only podcast about popes for people who love history and a good story, but have neither the time nor the interest to pick up dry, dusty history books. We're talking once again about a pope who had some fine whiskers about his face, so it's fitting that this episode is sponsored once again by Catholic Balm Co., the very best in beard balms, beard oils, lotion bars, and more. Head over to catholicbalm.co to check out their great variety of products, and be sure to enter the word pope, P-O-P-E, at checkout. Fans of the PopeCast get 10% off their entire order with that promo code, so once again, that, that's uh, catholicbalm.co and the word Pope at checkout. Thanks again to Catholic Balm Co. for sponsoring the PopeCast. Our Pope today is a man who came from nothing and was elevated to the papacy. A monk who would have rather not been Pope, he faced down emperors and kings and shut down the entire eternal city when a heretic threatened to hold it hostage. This week on the PopeCast, it's the Pope who canceled Rome, temporarily, Pope Adrian IV. The future Pope Adrian IV, Nicholas Breakspeare, was born around the year 1100 in the borough of St. Albans in England, just a little ways north of London. Unlike many of those who graced the chair of St. Peter, Nicholas came from a family of humble means and worked hard for all he had. He had left England and his family relatively early in life and made for Arles, France, to complete his studies. While traveling, Nicholas visited the monastery of St. Rufus near Avignon, the same city, of course, that would be home to popes for 70 years just a couple of centuries later. Nicholas opted to join the monastery, taking the vows and habit of a monk and apparently would spend the majority of his adult life there. He eventually was elected to lead the monastery as its abbot and in 1146 was headed to Rome on important business. It was there that he somehow caught the eye of Pope Eugene III, now blessed Pope Eugene III, just one step shy of sainthood for him. Eugene made Abbot Breakspear a cardinal and the Bishop of Albano, a diocese just a stone's throw from Rome itself. He hung out in Rome for the better part of the next six years, until Eugene III sent him on what the Catholic Encyclopedia calls a, quote, delicate and important mission to Scandinavia, end quote. Just like in so many other parts of Christendom at that time, the church was rife with abuses, and Cardinal Breakspear had no patience for them. At the same time, he was an able diplomat and had an innate missionary spirit. He erected a new archdiocese for Norway at Trondheim, the home and final resting place of St. Olaf. He reformed various abuses among the clergy and helped out some of the civil institutions there to boot. When he would return to Rome two years later, after doing several other things, he was welcomed back as the Apostle of the North. His timing was unbelievably impeccable, too. Pope Anastasius IV, who had replaced Eugene III while Breakspeare was up north, died literally on that same day. The very next day, he was unanimously chosen as the next successor of St. Peter, thrust into action as the 169th Pope on December 5th, 1154, the first and only Englishman to ever hold the title. Cardinal Breakspeare reportedly wasn't too keen on taking the job. All the best men aren't, of course. But after his electors insisted, he took the name Adrian IV, likely a nod to Pope Adrian I, who had approved the founding of St. Albans Abbey, the new pope's hometown. It's always been an important caveat to note that just because a pope hasn't been canonized after death, it doesn't follow that he was a bad guy, right? The newly elected Adrian IV was one of those men who seems to have uh, set a pretty high bar for himself and others, despite not officially sporting a halo. 
The head of Adrian's papal court wrote later that his boss was, quote, mild and kindly in bearing, of high character and learning, famous as a preacher and renowned for his fine voice, end quote. Historian Anne Dugan adds that he was a, quote, man of discipline who fitted in with the norms and routines already in place, a man of affairs who had no fixed program, but who responded judiciously to the problems brought before his court, end quote. Adrian's papacy was relatively short by our standards, at just under five years, though it's worth noting that three of the four men before him lasted less than two years, and that was uh, no strange thing in those days. Still, there was never a dull moment while, while he was captain of the Bark of Peter. There never really was in the medieval church. Historian Walter Ullman characterized it like this, quote, The age in which Adrian took office was one that witnessed profound changes in all spheres of life. And change always brings in its train restlessness, crises, stress, and tension caused by the attempted displacement of the old by the new. New forces were released, which had hitherto had no opportunity of asserting themselves and which challenged the traditional scheme of things vigorously. End quote. The first of several big headaches that Adrian faced came in the form of a heretic and you-know-what stirrer named Arnold of Brescia. Arnold was, an, was influential in the commune of Rome, and Adrian already wasn't popular among the Roman people himself, so wanting to quickly and decisively put down the revolt against the church, stirred up by Arnold, and which included the beating and death of a cardinal, Adrian put the city under interdict, basically canceling all church ceremonies and activity for bad behavior and insubordination. Among those restrictions was the forbidding of pilgrimages to the city which Rome relied upon heavily for tourist revenue, so as you might imagine, it didn't take long for the Romans to give Arnold the stanky boot. Arnold ended up being captured by imperial troops and was executed in 1155. Another headache came in the form of the ruler Frederick Barbarossa, who in 1155 was baking his way across Italy with the goal of being crowned emperor by the Pope. The pair met in Sutri for a rather famous meeting on the 9th of June of that year, as the Catholic Encyclopedia recounts, Quote, Frederick of Hohenstaufen, then the most powerful ruler in Europe, and the humble canon of St. Rufus, now the most powerful spiritual ruler in the world. As the Pope approached, the Emperor advanced to meet him, but did not hold the Pope's stirrup, which was part of the customary ceremony of homage. The Pope said nothing then, but dismounted, and the Emperor led him to a chair and kissed his slipper. Custom required that the Pope should then give the kiss of peace. He refused to do so and told Frederick that until full homage had been paid, he would withhold it. This implied that he would not crown him. Frederick had to submit, and on the 11th of June, another meeting was arranged at Nepi when Frederick advanced on foot and held the Pope's stirrup and the incident was closed. End quote. Adrian then crowned Barbarossa without much issue, but that was just about the last time the two would be on the same page. Barbarossa would all but abandon the Pope shortly thereafter, granted for reasons both in and out of his own control, and then a tiff with William I, the King of Sicily, a couple of years later would only make matters worse for the Pope. William had laid siege to papal lands, so naturally Adrian had to respond, but it was a response that would fall painfully short. The war between Pope and King that took place at Benevento in southern Italy ended with William stealing 5,000 pounds of gold meant for Adrian, capturing the Pope's munitions and food, and kidnapping and selling into slavery many wealthy Greeks. For his spoils, William claimed the crowns of Sicily and several of the territories, but did pledge later to defend the papal possessions and pay a yearly tribute to the Pope. So there's that, I guess. 
It was during this time that perhaps Adrian's most famous act, or infamous act, depending on who you talk to, took place. While he was in Benevento, Adrian wrote the papal bull Laudabilitaire, basically conferring ownership of Ireland to the Kingdom of England for the purposes of bringing Ireland under a single kingship and reforming her society and government. The invasion by King Henry II, however, wouldn't happen until long after Adrian's death, but this would be far from the last time we heard of this. The matter wasn't completely settled until 400 years later. Many of the other things Adrian did as Pope were done with the words and actions of Pope St. Gregory VII in his ear. See Popecast episode number 15 on the Pope who made the Emperor kneel in the snow, upholding papal primacy and rooting out abuses among clergy wherever Adrian could. Pope Adrian IV died on September 1st, 1159 in Anani, a town in the hills southeast of Rome, likely of complications from tonsillitis of all things. Adrian was buried in St. Peter's Basilica three days later. As part of an excavation of the crypt in the early 1600s, Adrian's tomb was opened and it was reported by archaeologist Giovanni Francesco that his body, still relatively well-preserved, was that of, quote, an undersized man wearing Turkish slippers on his feet and on his hand a ring with a large emerald, end quote. Adrian is remembered as having been a man who took his office seriously, as one entrusted with caring for the souls of the entire world, and he wasn't afraid to follow what God was asking of him. John of Salisbury, again his friend and contemporary, wrote, For I call on the Lord Adrian to witness that no one is more miserable than the Roman pontiff, nor is any condition more wretched than his. He maintains that the papal throne is studded with thorns, that his mantle bristles with needles so sharp that it oppresses and weighs down the broadest shoulders, and that had he not feared to go against the will of God, he would never have left his native England. End quote. Yikes. He later told John that he considered his papal tiara to be, quote, splendid because it burned with fire, end quote. Adrian used the title Servant of the Servants of God intentionally and often, and it's here that we'll close with a quote from our illustrious Pope. Adrian says, quote, Having been placed by the Lord's disposition in a lofty watchtower, if the rights of all churches are not preserved whole and unimpaired, we would seem to occupy the place of St. Peter, Prince of the Apostles, unprofitably, and to exercise the office of stewardship entrusted to us negligently. Like a diligent mother, we provide for the individual churches with constant vigilance. All must have recourse to her as to their head and origin, to be defended by her authority, to be nourished by her breasts, and freed of their oppressions." End quote. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed this. If you did, who's one person you can think of who would enjoy this episode too? text them the link to this episode and make their day. But in any case, thank you as always for listening. If you're not already and you believe in the mission of what we're doing here, please consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thepopecast. Your patronage helps cover things like our hosting costs and the ability to produce these episodes, but also, of course, gets you things like early access to new episodes and other great freebies, depending on your per episode tier. So check it out, patreon.com slash thepopecast. And then lastly, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast over at iTunes. And actually on that note, we do have a uh, new reviews from B Strauss, five, two, five, five star review as someone who is both interested in history and the church. This podcast seems as though it was made specifically for me. Hey, that's great to hear. I just discovered it several weeks ago and have been catching up on all the other older episodes. Keep up the great work. Thank you, B Strauss again. Uh, but yeah, a reminder to subscribe, rate and review. If you uh, leave a review, uh, hopefully it's five stars. We'll be sure to read that out on the show. But uh, other than that, yeah, please do click share 
on your iTunes or Spotify app to share this with a friend. And then if you're not already, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. In the meantime, all at the Popecast for daily Pope quotes and old photos. Well, our world seems to be coming apart at the seams these days, right? But we shouldn't be afraid. As we close this episode, we pray for the fortitude and faith of Pope Adrian IV to stand up for truth, goodness, and beauty, and to always be listening intently for where the Lord is directing our steps. Until next time. Mm